Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 592. To put together a clear vision of what you want to get across or what you want to do and, and use your intuition as the guide. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Randy Bikeman. Randy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I'm on the grid and I'm ready for those red lights to go out. <laughs> All right, cool. F1, I love it. Randy Bikeman is an engineer who spent decades using one passion, physics, to work on another passion, cars. His career including working in noise and vibration at the General Motors Milford Proving Grounds for over 30 years where he focused on the noise of engines, transmissions, and electric motors. He also loves to teach, helping design and teach courses for other engineers. And in 2015, our friends at Bentley Publishers published his first book, Physics for Gearheads. It combines both of his passions, explaining the physics that really make cars tick. It is a book he wishes he had when he was a teenager, and now he's provided it to the rest of us. Randy received his Ph.D. in mechanical engineering from the University of Michigan. So, Randy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment share a little bit more about your career, this new book, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm in rural Kansas. I learned all about machinery. I learned how to do things out in the field, how to weld how to paint, how to be a mechanic, things like that. Then I went to school to be a mechanical engineer, and my whole goal all along was to, to work on cars. The, just the whole idea of helping to design cars was exciting to me. Sure. So I knew I was going to end up in Detroit eventually, and eventually went to University of Michigan, as you said, and got a lot of courses on vehicle dynamics and internal combustion engines, things like that, and really wanted to put all these things to use. After a few years in the business, I, I did go back to school and got more specialization in vibration. That's where I got my doctorate. Uh, it was on, actually on serpentine belt drive vibration. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty detailed. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty cool, very applicable, you know, for, for what we do. Yeah. And 
You know, I've had the pleasure of working with some uh, excellent engineers uh, over the years that are very knowledgeable, very much into cars, many of them, mm-hmm. and very humble. And it, I've kind of noticed that the, the people that are best at what they do seem to be the most humble because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're, they're not trying to impress you all the time. They don't have to. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to me because as a uh, car guy, obviously, and someone who drives cars, noises in cars, uh, some are good noises, great exhaust sound, and some noises, ticky, 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 are very, yeah. uh, very annoying and especially vibration. So I think that's a really interesting and specialized field. But mostly today what we're going to be talking about is this new book. And I have a copy. It's, holy cow, it's like a big Bible. It's thick. It's uh, wonderful. And we're going to get into more details of it, but as we continue in your journey right off, I always like to ask my guest for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires or the serpentine belt spinning here on Cars, yeah? So, Randy, take the wheel. Well, I suppose it's appropriate with all that and also being in the automotive field. The quote that I like to live by is, uh, a problem well stated is a problem half solved. Ah, I like that. So let's get into a little detail here on how you use that in what you do in your business. Well, my whole idea is that you have to know how to take what you know about a problem and what you know, say, about physics, whatever your knowledge is, and then put together steps to solve a problem. If you first look at a problem, it can be pretty daunting. It might be very complex looking. Automobiles are very complex. Uh, That's one thing that makes them very intriguing. I Mm -hmm. think it's fascinating how many different areas of physics exist in a car and how they all have to work together. So the the whole idea is to see the big picture but split it up into little pieces, each of which you can bite off and chew. And besides that in the book, but also in the actual book, uh, I did the same thing. To writing the book, I knew that by the end of the book, I wanted the reader to have a good idea of what goes into the overall vehicle performance. But all those little pieces that you need to understand the whole thing need to be developed. So each of those little building blocks had to be put in place, and that took patience and planning. Well, I love the way the book's laid out because I'm not a a super technical gearhead kind of guy. When I see the word physics, sometimes I go, ugh. I hand it over to my wife. She's the engineer. She's got the brains in the family. But as I looked through the book, a couple things came to mind. One was I felt like I was back in college because the way it's laid out is very simple. There's pieces, there's sections, as you mentioned, so that I can kind of work my way through it and understand things instead of everything being thrown right in my face. I like that aspect of it. And it follows steps, if you will, at least in my mind. I'm not a physicist. I'm not an engineer. But it helps me kind of understand sections, and then I haven't gotten through the whole book yet. It's a big book. There's a lot of information here, but I assume, like you say, when I do, I'll get there and I'll go, okay, now I see how this all works together. So you did a marvelous job there. The the folks that, that Bentley that helped you with this did a great job as well. I would like to take a journey back in time here. Go back and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment way back when that you knew that you were a car guy? Well, I would say a couple of things. One is uh, I remember walking out to the car with my mom, and she got in, starts the engine, and I hear the engine running, and I know you have to have the engine running for the car to go. 
but I don't know why, and I don't know what it's doing to make those noises. So then I'm thinking, well, what's going on in there? I, I really want to know more, and that's just the way I've always been. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what's going on inside, and I think it's kind of ironic that I ended up working on noise and vibration of you know internal combustion engines, powertrains, and oh, drive yeah. things like that. So that's always been in me. The other thing I can think of was when my teacher's uh, husband drove up in a 68 Mustang, blue notch back, and uh, I thought, well, that's, that is a car, right? I mean, yeah. there were a lot of cars, and I, I really kind of wasn't so much into you know the passion of it until mm -hmm. then. And then that the 69, 70 Mustang boss, I was pretty much a Ford guy when I grew up, and now, for new stuff, I'm more of a GM guy. Cool. Yeah, usually there's that one car that a neighbor or somebody has that drives up or a friend of your parents, and you look at it and go, whoa, what is that? Because it's not the family stage wagon or your dad's boring sedan. So, very cool. Well, Randy, I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. This is your first book. Taking a challenge like this on while you have a full-time career, I can only imagine the work that's involved. But I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or Maybe there's some failures you face along the way in putting this book together, Physics for Gearheads. But the most important thing is how did you work through it so that you ended up having a final book in your hands? Well, I would say the biggest challenge in itself was writing the early parts of the book, the easiest parts to explain. Mm -hmm. If you're into cars, you really want to talk about things like power, the effects of weight distribution, Things like that, but you can't start there. And I see people do that a lot where they, they talk about things that they really don't have the background mm -hmm. to get into and understand. But they involve putting several concepts together. Like for weight distribution, you really want to know, well, how does tire's traction depend on how much load is on it? And then what's the effect of the CG height and the track width or the wheelbase uh, and the acceleration? So... You need to go through those things first and put them together piece by piece. And I thought, you know, I'd come up with a problem, and it would be a really cool problem, a really good example. And then I realized, ooh, there's something in there I haven't explained. Mm. So then I needed to put something in front of it, and that problem got pushed further back in the book. Mm -hmm. And then I did that again and again. You know, as an engineer, you don't realize sometimes how many things you've accumulated over the years. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay, I've got to explain this first. Well, soon all the good stuff was in the back of the book. And the first part uh, could have been really boring. Mm -hmm. So I had to think long and hard about what you could do with the basics of acceleration, velocity, and uh, displacement, which is how far the car has gone, say. So I came up with problems on how to stage the starting line in a drag race, how better brakes improve lap times in a road race, and other examples that a car guy would actually care about. Sure. Well, that's what got me excited. I mean, for one thing, it's got a really cool cover picture. I'm a visual kind of guy, so it has a SoCal speed shop. Mm -hmm. looks like Bonneville Land Speed Record type car. And then when you open up into the index here, there's all well. There's a neat little history up at the front too, but there's all sorts of pictures of race cars, mm -hmm. and using the dynamics and physics required for racing and engineering, of course, where things are taken to the limit. Uh, I can see, but that got me excited. It's like, oh, there's gonna be some cool stuff about going fast in here. Okay, not just about how my street car goes down the road and stops and turns and things like that. So I like that aspect of it. Was there one 
thing as a takeaway as far as a huge challenge with this book that really had your head pounding on the keyboard as you were putting it together or your calculator that you had to work through? I would say one of the uh, most difficult things besides uh, that early part was editing, cutting things out. Because, you know, the, the book took me nine years to write. and Wait a minute. Nine years, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> which, wow. is, which is, yeah, that's how you fit in writing a book with uh, a career and a family career and, yeah. Children, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, so the thing is, uh, some of these problems that I put in there took me a month to do. A lot of them were much shorter, of course, more, you know, straightforward ones, but some of them, you know, to do the figures and everything, they were, they were, it was quite involved. And then maybe something else got put in the book that made it redundant. Or maybe something I decided, well, that's pretty cool, but, you know, I can really do without it. To cut that out is like uh, giving away one of your children. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, so living with that, you know, at first was, was difficult. Right. Uh, but it makes a better book. You're not alone here. I've had many, many authors on Cars, yeah. And I had one who said he turned in a book and had to cut half of it out. Mm. Now imagine yeah. having to take half of a book after you've labored for years writing this book and then they say the, the publisher is <laughs> saying take half out. And yeah. that exercise uh, was very, very challenging, I remember uh, he shared with that. But when he was done, they were right. It was a much better book because there was just a lot of – fluff is the wrong word, but a lot of extra stuff in there really didn't need to be for the reader. Yep. And uh, it's daunting sometimes when us readers pick up a book and go, oh, my gosh, 4,000 pages. How am I going to get – I'm not going to – I don't have time for that. So, hmm. yeah, get to your point already. Well, let's yep. shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I always ask my guests about a career aha moment. We can, of course, talk about a book aha moment in your case, but I like to say it's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for the direction you're heading or a new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Yeah, uh, there were several, but maybe the biggest one came from uh, looking closely at some of the theory and the, some of the formulas I had put together. And the, it made me suspect some things about some performance on drag racers uh, hmm. in, in a long time ago. And uh, I think that's one of the, the things I'm most proud of in the book, actually. I think that, that this all led to a change in the direction of the book and, and the range of material that went into it and adding an element of discovery. At first, the book was a collection of interesting problems, which is fine, but it's not as exciting as discovering things. Of course, and, yeah, okay. Yeah. So what really changed the depth of the book and the discovery was the part explaining how and why Don Garlett switched from the front engine to the rear engine dragsters. Oh, well, you know, that's very cool. Don was a guest here on Cars, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he touched and talked about that a little bit during our talk. So keep going. I'm excited to hear about oh. this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really very intriguing, and there's more to it than I think uh, people realize. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought it was just for safety, and the fact that, you know, that transmission exploded and, and claimed half of his right foot. Oh, yes. Huh. Yeah, that was certainly, uh, it certainly made it believable, but it was a little bit of a cover story. When I went through uh, some of the theory on what limits acceleration in a car, basically there were three things. One is obviously a traction limit, so... You have so much load on your driving tires, and depending on your weight distribution, things like that. And then I had 
I went through and calculated uh, some of the, uh, you know, what's what's your traction limit acceleration based on where your CG is? What's your weight distribution front to rear? Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out from this equation that if you put it back far enough that you could accelerate faster than the traction coefficient of the tires, which I knew was not possible. And I looked closer and, and what it was happening was that the equations don't realize that tires can push up to support the car, but they can't pull the front end down. Mm-hmm. Okay, What actually happens is you lift the front end. So also, besides the traction limit, there was a wheel stand limit. And then the other part is, of course, power limit. Okay, depending on how fast you're going, it takes a certain amount of power to provide the traction force at the tire. And then if you don't have enough power to do that, you're not going to be able to accelerate any faster than a certain rate. Sure. So putting all those together made me think about how drag racers had changed over the years. Like Early on, not only did they move the weight extremely rearward, but they raised the CG. If you remember the altered wheelbase cars, the early Ram chargers and things like that. They were way up high and they moved the wheels forward, even the rear wheels. And that put more weight on the tires, which was good back then because tires didn't all have that much traction, Mm -hmm. right? Not much more probably than today's street tires. So that was fine. But as you get more traction in the slicks, I mean, slicks got better. The tracks got traction compound on them and things like that. If you built, if you took that car out, then it would lift the front end mm-hmm. before you could use all the traction. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you need to lower the car back down to reduce the load transfer. And then if you get more traction yet, you start moving the weight forward uh, to keep it from wheel standing. So then I'm thinking, you know, when Don Garlett switched from front to rear engine dragsters, he moved the CG forward, which in, reduced the wheel stand tendency. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking, well... I don't think he just did it for safety. I think he did it for increased acceleration, better mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. Basically, he could use all a tire's traction before it went into wheel stand. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, does any of this relate to what happened in, let's say, Formula One racing, even any car racing, where the engines moved from the front to the back, where they realized, ah, there's a mm-hmm. much better place to have that weight distribution happening that then lo- transfers to low transfer to traction and downforce. And, of course, then we get into wings, and there's whole other elements involved there. But is there any sure. correlation or relationship there? Oh, yeah. That gets into the whole compromise, which road racers are, you know, a compromise between acceleration, braking, and cornering. So to get the best compromise, you want to have the CG fairly far rearward to get more traction on the, those rear drive tires. And then w- when you hit the brakes, you get the forward load transfer and the tires don't, the front tires don't end up being overloaded as much as, as they would otherwise. So you can use all four tires mm-hmm. to brake. The rear tires share some of that load uh, or some of that work. And yeah, it's kind of a beautiful thing. <laughs> only only a physicist would say, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, back to the uh, Don Garlitz story. Uh, after looking this through, I, I emailed him and asked if we could talk about it. And he said yes, so I called him. So I'm really nervous, right? <laughs> uh, boyhood hero. Big everything. daddy, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I asked him if there was more to this switch than just safety. And he says, of course there was. 
And I think, well, okay, maybe I'm onto something. Broke so, the ice, yeah. Yeah. So he went through how they had used, they had to use ballast on the front end to keep the front end down on his last front engine dragster. And they had to use 150 pounds. Wow. Ballast on the front. Yeah. Uh, so by putting the driver further forward, he became ballast or ah. at the front. They could take that other ballast off and you know, the car, Cars didn't have any weight minimum then, mm-hmm. and so the car was just a lot lighter, a lot faster, and you know, so that kind of the real story. So it turns out that he had figured out that the front engine designed to become a limiting factor, just like the formulas in my book did. Yeah. So at the end, I said, you know, I've looked everywhere and I can't find anything that tells this story. Why didn't you tell anybody about it? And he said. Because nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 40 years after it happened, I have You a sp- were the guy that asked. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of crazy. And the after we went through, you know, a couple emails and get done with the formula and see how, or formulas, and see how the CG moved with mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah. He was impressed how the physics explained what he had done. And uh, I was just as impressed how he had maximized the performance without, as far as I know, ever studying physics. So yeah, yeah. that was a really cool experience. Well, you get some of these uh, mechanics, today mechanics, old school mechanics, whatever, and there's some amazing and incredible brain power going on there and just their uh, initiative and drive and their ingenuity to figure things out without having a physics background or an engineering background, just to look at things and watch how things work and mm-hmm. test and try. So that's where it all happens. Yeah. Well, how about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had so many, but is there one that stands out for you? Uh, well, specific to the book, I'd have to say is the uh, the story on uh, the Garlitz weight distribution problem and how that led to the rear engine dragster. Yeah, I think so. And I think the fact of getting to talk to a, a boyhood fan of yours, as I did too, I remember watching him run when I was a little kid going up to Orange County Raceway and to get to talk to him, it's like, well, this is the guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the man. So very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Sure. I had a uh, a 69 Cougar, which was uh, a lot of fun when I was, I bought that when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And memories. You know, I <laughs> I definitely drove it faster than I should have uh, on on gravel roads, <laughs> and I found out later on, taking uh, flying lessons, that driving a '69 Cougar on gravel roads is a lot like flying a plane in the air. <laughs> it's, okay, now were you doing some Dukes of Hazard launches, or is there something a, a little more? Uh, team involved here you know the way a car drifts around right you have to stay on top of it uh and it's a little vague not like being on pavement that's where you see the physics uh combined with art oh gosh yes very cool how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage the only one i could say is i had a 79 mustang pace car Mm-hmm. But I can't say that I'm sad, but I, I kind of miss it. It had Recaro seats. Uh, it handled better than almost any car of its time. I bought it new, and it was my first new car. And really, I don't, a lot of people didn't get the car. It had a, a turbo four-cylinder, you know, no V8 or anything like that. But mm-hmm. the handling was really fun, and that was when American cars were starting to get that. Right, yeah. yeah very cool. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about this current project again. I'd love for you to share a little bit more you'd want to share with our listeners. Again, the book is uh, Randy's first book, Physics for Gearheads is the title. The subhead is An Introduction to Vehicle Dynamics, Energy, and Power with Examples for Motorsports, something I'm fond of. So maybe you could share a little bit more about the book uh, with our listeners so that we can get them excited and uh, get them to order this thing and uh, and read it because I think... Anybody who has any passion for cars and wants a little more understanding is going to really enjoy reading this book. Yeah, I I hope so. I think uh, a person like me who's, you know, an avowed gearhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, really get into it. The, the book is written as a reliable and accurate yet interesting and entertaining explanation mm-hmm. of how to use physics to understand cars better. That's the hard part, I think, is is making it interesting but still reliable and accurate. It uses cars to illustrate the physics, how they move, how forces make them move, how energy is used to make these forces, you know, burning fuel, you know, electricity, things like that. And uh, as you were saying before, it's written to be readable by anyone who likes cars. You, you don't need to have any previous physics education. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts from, you know, from ground level. Uh, works its way up. Sometimes it's a little humorous or at least smart alecky. Uh, <laughs> try to break it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And people who know me say they can hear my voice in the book as they read it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so we've, even though it's about the science of physics, it's really personal to me, and I, I tried to make it like talking about cars with a buddy. Right. Uh, yeah, but you're really getting down to the nitty-gritty uh, of vehicle performance, so... Well, I think you've done a great job, and as I looked through the book, there's some really nice, simple, clean illustrations. There's some a couple of photographs and things in here. When you get into the uh, the physics and formulas, it's done in a way that isn't too daunting. I think it's very cleanly put together, very understandable, and I think it's something that any automotive enthusiast would love to have on their shelf. So, uh Bravo. Great work. Nine years. Oh, my gosh. That's absolutely yeah. incredible. Here's a very introspective question for you, Randy. If you were a car, what kind of car would Randy be and why? Uh, I kind of think maybe something small like a Lotus Elise. Ooh. Kind of um, – <laughs> the styling's not subtle, okay? But yeah. uh, but the engine is not large. It isn't, doesn't have a whole lot of power. But it efficiently uses what it's got, right. and the lightweight makes it, you know, better handling. It's, it's it's a very technically oriented car. You know, it gets a, its performance sort of subtly instead of with a lot of flash. Ah, okay, I like that. It makes sense for me. So, Randy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle? both the exterior and the interior. It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories 
made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Yeah. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Randy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep, ready. What's the best book writing advice you ever received? Two things. Oddly, neither one is about writing a book. One is by uh, Frizz Frailing, uh, who did Looney Tunes cartoons. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Uh, Another car guy. Yeah, so Frizz uh, produced a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons. When he was asked why cartoons aren't like they used to be, he said, back then you made cartoons to entertain yourself. Mm. And they figured that if they thought it was funny, so would other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so writing this book I was my own audience to a large extent and maybe I was writing it at one point for when I was a teenager maybe later for when I'm in my 30s you know have a better understanding or, or more background but uh, really it was written for me and the other uh, Jerry Seinfeld he said he only kept the best jokes in his routines he'd, he'd do stand up and try out some jokes and most of them would get laughs. They all got pretty good laughs, but some would get the biggest laughs. Mm-hmm. And so he threw out the ones that were so-so, you know, or pretty good, just right. kept the best. And uh, even though my page, my book is 600 pages long, uh, a lot was taken out. Right. So um, as I said before, uh, throwing away material that you've put hours in, into it is difficult. But Hard to do, yeah. In the end, you got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe helped contribute to your ability to complete this project, even though it took nine years to do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, perseverance, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But uh, tenacity, when I have a problem to solve, uh, I like to say I'm I'm like a dog on steak. Uh, (laughs) Someone else at work described as a dog in a ball. But yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I, I can't let it go until I figure it out. And that's true whether it's a design problem or figuring out how to explain something the clearest way possible. Uh, it might take me a while, but I'm not satisfied till it's solved. There you go. 
Now, the book is available right now, correct? Yes, it is. And what are the best ways uh, for people to access the book and find it? You can Google it. You can go on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. There's a few places like ECS Tuning and uh, Bavarian uh, Auto that have it. Mm -hmm. Pretty widely available. There's a great place on the Cars yeah! website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the past guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. You can also go to Randy's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website, and there'll be click links there for you to go and get your hands on the book. Now, if there's a singular message that you'd like our readers to get from enjoying your book, what would that message be? That cars are fascinating, and so is physics. And basically... When you're excited about what a car is doing performance-wise, it's because it's challenging the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. It can't, it can never beat them. But the closer you get to them, to the limit, you know, that's, that's how you perform the best. And physics is very useful. You know, understanding the physics makes things easier, whether you're driving, tuning, or designing your vehicle. Absolutely. So, Randy, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car, one really special car in your garage, money's no object because today I'm going to buy it for you, so don't worry about that. What would that vehicle be and why? Well, since money's no object, I'd say a McLaren F1. Ah, yes. All right. Well, I kind of think I know how you're going to answer this, but let's (sighs) dig a little deeper into why you would choose that car of all the vehicles available out there. Well, the the reason is it, it follows... What I like is the efficiency, believe it or not. It's a very light car. It's got a big, powerful engine, but that combination makes it perform very well without being super large. It's mm-hmm. a relatively small car, not a lot of extra stuff. Right. On it. Very simple. Yeah, you can't put your luggage in that car unless you <laughs> put it in one of those seats to your left or your right. That's what I loved about that car is you sit right in the middle, which is just... uh Really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, you picked a great choice. I love it. Randy, you've taken us on an awesome ride, a very intellectual ride today. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with cars and with writing this new book, Physics for Gearheads. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the road in that McLaren F1? I'll give an example on what it took to put the book together. Okay. And it really uh, applies uh, to life also. Uh, in a big way, and that is to put together a clear vision of what you want to get across or what you want to do Mm. and and use your intuition as the guide. In the case of uh, the book, uh, work with a publisher that buys into it, seriously listen to their advice. There are some things that they know better than you, but remember that they brought you in because of what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So find the best balance, uh, be true to your convictions, and write in a way that won't be easy to misunderstand. It's not not fair to the reader. I always wanted to make sure on this I respected the reader uh, in putting it together. Absolutely. Well, you did a great job. Again, the book is Physics for Gearheads by Randy Bikeman. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow you, know more about you, and again, get your their hands on a copy of your book? Of course, I'm on the Bentley Publishers website, bentleypublishers.com. They have a nice section on it there. Uh, I'm on Facebook with uh, Physics for Gearheads by Randy Bikeman. And occasionally you'll see an article on Speed Secrets Weekly Mm -hmm. with Ross Bentley. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Yep, I've written an article for Ross's Speed Secrets as well. So 
We're all in good company. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Randy shared today on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Randy Bikeman. His last name is B-E-I-K-M-A-N-N. Just click on Randy or type Randy in the search bar and that page will pop up with quick, easy links to everything. Again, I'd encourage you, if you have anything, any passion for cars, and if you're listening to this show, you do, get your hands on this book, Physics for Gearheads. It's awesome. I think you'll enjoy it no matter what level of expertise you might have on the technical side of automobiles. Randy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your experience. I want to thank you for sharing this new book with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!